0: The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed.
0: Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, we uh, will take a revisit uh, to Tantric Sexuality. uh, Tantra 101, we'll try and... uh, Find, I mean, the practice of Tantra can be so complicated and so many elements and it can take people years to, to develop this practice, but that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to see how we can apply some of the principles to our everyday lives. Uh, so that we can uh, deal with bedroom boredom or increase intimacy and all of that with my special guest that's coming up after ten fifteen. But first, time to check out our inbox.
1: Your texts are always
0: welcome. Connect with passion at five one four eight hundred. Don't forget, you can also email me to laurie at this was, This came in a text uh, late in the evening last night. Good evening, Dr. L. I just made a booty call to a FWB, Friends with Benefit. She texted me back. She's working in a CHSLD just for the pandemic, but she wants to play on Sunday. What should I do? I'm scared poopless now. She could have the virus. Ayoy, let me know. Thank you. Oh, that's a good question. See, a lot of people are asking that, right? So you have to assess the risk for yourself. We already know that uh, close contact with somebody who may be infected, even if they are uh, asymptomatic, uh, you could get it. So, uh, And they're saying, of course, when you're having a booty call, if there's kissing and all of that stuff, that's a a sure way to uh, transmit. If the person has it. So, but what if I'm just going to throw this out there? If she has a test before, I don't know how fast she can get her results, but a test before she sees you or something, that's like the new STD testing protocol, right? It's almost like, Hey, have you been tested? Hey, have you been tested? And have you had contact with anybody else? And have you had contact with anybody else? So you have to assess like you know, someone who's in the healthcare system exposed to it might not be the best idea at this point. But if she gets tested and doesn't work between the test and when you see her, maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. Does anybody else have any thoughts about that? Would love to hear it. So here's something I want your opinion on, or this texter, this uh, emailer wants your opinion on. We're having a discussion at work today. Rocky Horror Movie, everybody remember the Rocky Horror Picture Show movie, uh, have some very large sexual overtones, and a woman at work plans on putting it on for her kids, who are 11, 12, and 14 as entertaining as the movie is to an open-minded adult i really don't think it's appropriate for a young audience i suggested beetlejuice which is a fun halloween movie for all ages she said they saw it but never saw rocky horror And the song lyric, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania, is too much for a young mind. And the way he is dressed is too much for a young teen or even 12. But Tim Curry is awesome in the movie, LOL. If parents cannot censor what kids watch, who will? I think that's a really good uh, point. I don't think the Rocky Horror Picture Show is appropriate for an 11-year-old, frankly. It's... (laughs) more than sexual overtones, it's quite overtly uh, sexual, quite overtly sexual, in fact, so no, I I don't think that's an appropriate uh, movie for a, an 11 year old, maybe for the 14 year old, possibly, but still, uh, no, so I don't know if other people have seen the Rocky Horror Show, uh, I remember pff, every Halloween, that was the thing we did, right, at midnight, Again, would an 11 year old be awake at midnight to go watch it? Like it it just doesn't, to me, no, I I don't think it's um, appropriate, but I'd like to hear from others who have seen it. Would you let your 11 year old watch the Rocky Horror uh, to hear it? As far as the booty call, it's a risk nonetheless, but how bad do you want a booty call? (laughs) Okay. That's from a texter. Ask yourself, I suppose, uh, that question. Dr. Lori, love your show. My question is that I've always had pain when my boyfriend would insert his penis. It would only happen when it is partially in. Once it is all the way inside, it is like the muscle releases and relaxes. I now anticipate the pain and I'd rather do oral sex. I would have the same issue during a pap smear when the instrument is partially in. Other than that, I have the most amazing orgasms and frequent. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute because you're describing pain in a very specific area, pain upon entry and not deep inside. So there is a condition, and this could be maybe not, but could be. We we have to look at this. I'm talking generally now, a condition called uh, provoked vulvodynia. There's like a, a little area. If you look at if you, you look at your vagina uh, as a clock it would be at the six o'clock at the bottom part uh, usually the pain is just at the insertion but not after that so and when you touch that area and a doctor can do like a q-tip test on there press on it uh, and probably with obviously you felt it when doing a pap smear which means when the instrument is put in and oftentimes Physicians don't quite know what to do with it because it's like, it, there's nothing visible there. It, it's like, it, it's not that there's a specific injury or something that can be identified. What we know about that is that there's some, it's got to do something with the nerves. And for some women, it just comes out of nowhere and can disappear out of nowhere. The best treatment for this and the best way to get past this that research has shown up to date and it's pretty relatively new is to work with a pelvic floor physiotherapist because most of it is about pain management. Like some people say, okay, put a little bit of um, numbing gel in that area, you know, just before sex, for example, that's one thing you can try. But a lot of it has to do with uh, managing the pain, you don't, what you don't want to develop is some, a condition called vaginismus, which is where your vagina will contract out of the fear of penetration or the fear of pain over time. So would rather you get control of that. Um, and of course, you know, you talk about you'd prefer oral sex and what have you. Yes. A lot of women, in fact, uh, if they had to choose one thing, they would choose oral sex because that is where they're getting their direct clitoral Uh, stimulation which they don't get uh, or at least not in the same way with uh with penetration on the topic of the rocky horror uh, not even for 14 17 is the minimum age another one 11 year old seeing rocky horror nah as far as i'm concerned so there you can pass this information on to um to your friend and let her know what the passion community, how they weighed in about the appropriateness of it. Or you can have her watch it herself. I mean, does she has your friend watched it before she sits down and watches it with her kids? Sometimes we have to pre-watch things, pre-screen things to make sure it is appropriate or otherwise you're gonna have some interesting discussions, which isn't a bad thing to have the, the, the discussions, but... Your youngest child might, you know, might freak them out a bit. I don't know. So it depends on, on the, again, could be the level of, uh, um, maturity or how much they know and how much you've been talking about some stuff or, or what have you. Some adults find Rocky Horror great, but it's a musical comedy that pushes the extreme in a fun way. It is extreme. There's no, no question about that. No question about that. Coming up, we're going to talk about the basic principles of tantric sex, tell you what it is and how you can apply some of these principles to improve your own relationship. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. I am very happy to welcome back to the program Victoria Kalenteris, an esteemed colleague. She is a holistic uh, intimacy and relationship specialist, specializes in Tantra. She's holding a a three-day weekend, virtual weekend for couples called Love and Desire Tantra for Lovers, November 6th, 7th, 8th, or the 13th, 14th and 15th so I wanted to uh, to take this opportunity to discuss with her what this is all about what couples um, can learn uh, and pick her brain a little bit and she can give us a a, a bird's eye view uh, into this uh, into this workshop and share with our listeners even if you can't make it there so Victoria welcome back to the program
1: Hi Laurie. great
0: to hear from you. It's always great to have you on the program. So let's talk about Tantra because first of all we have to A, define it, where does it come from, as if some people have never heard of this, so we can start from the beginning.
1: Sure, so the origins of the word Tantra are ancient Hindu in Sanskrit words and it means to weave or a technique of bringing together three things. And those three things are visualization, your mind, Mm -hmm. your body, embodied state, and the energy that you create when you bring all that together.
0: Okay. Uh, So there's a lot. Obviously, there's a it's a big practice, right? People can 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 learn about this for years and practice this for years, but we want to learn tonight. I hope we can walk away with some basic things that couples can do to start exploring this, uh, this area without necessarily becoming, you know, gurus of Tantra or anything like that.
1: <laughs> okay. So I'm going to introduce to you what is known as the melting hug. Okay. And the melting hug is a very important physical contact, interactive, grounding, energy exchange, fully present here in the now Not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future, just being. So what we do is I ask couples to hug each other heart to heart, which means left to left, Mm -hmm. and that they hold each other in the following way. So I'm going to let the ladies take the lead with regards to how they hold the man's heart. Okay. So when I say ladies and men, I'm going to refer to masculine and feminine polarity. Okay. The feminine polarity will... Take the hands underneath the arms and hold the heart in both hands from the backside as you hug somebody. Mm -hmm. And the uh, masculine form will place one hand on her heart and then one hand on her sacrum, which is known as the area where the spine meets the pelvis. Okay. And then you will melt into each other's framework, their skeletal structure, muscle structure, where you will breathe in synchronicity. And just being in four beautiful, deep, relaxed breaths together and noticing that your heartbeats become one. Wow. You do this naked? You could do it fully clothed in PG, and you can do it R-rated naked.
0: Okay. okay. And what is what does this do? What is the
1: goal of this, this one so, method? Coming back to the word tantra. which is to weave my mind, my body, and the energy that I'm creating together. We're intentionally saying we want to do a melting hug together, and we envision the embrace, and then we embody the embrace through our breathing and synchronization, and then our energy syncs up through our heart energy centers. So our heartbeats almost become one energy. So Mm. you're doing Tantra in just that.
0: And just that, that is one technique that, yeah, and that embodies what really ta- all those three elements of Tantra is really what you're saying.
1: Yes, because a lot of people usually hug and then they rip cord away or they give a little pat and they um kiss you on the cheek and just run away. And I'm like, wow, there's no connection there. That's like a, so, like, a, I don't even know why you even bother doing that, right?
0: So you can actually, this is something you can practice. Every day. like You don't have to be in the bedroom to do this. There's, You can do this at any point during the day. Just take the, I mean, how long would it take to get to that point where your hearts are beating at the same time or you're breathing at the same
1: time? Or beautiful, relaxed, deep, natural breaths.
0: Wow. Right. So it is something we can
1: do on the daily. In your, yes. In your everyday. Tantra can supercharge your intimacy and your relationship in your everyday.
0: So, oftentimes when people hear the word tantra, they think sex. But when you're describing right here, is not sex. A, you can do this with your clothes on, so there's that. But how, like, how do we connect it to sex and disconnect it from sex? Like, because obviously, your, like, your workshop is looking at creating a deeper intimacy and connection for couples, which can be separate from the sex.
1: I need to define what the word sex actually means in people's minds.
0: Good. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I do it all the time, but I want to hear yours.
1: (laughs) So my version of sex is for the purpose of removing all my clothing and getting it on and doing uh, some kind of penetrative movements and activities. And I am becoming very carnal and primal in the act of a sexual connection.
0: That's how most people see sex, right? When they hear the word sex, they think penetration.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. <laughs> so in my world, I separate sex from sensuality because a lot of people think that sensuality and sex are the same thing. They're not. hmm They're two separate things. So in Tantra, we look at both pathways, the sensual pathway and the sexual pathway. Sensual pathway will lead you to a sexual pathway. Mm-hmm. Tantra is about the sensual pathway and then enfolding or engulfing the sexual aspect and making it a sacred act as opposed to wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Right. And we're out of here.
0: <laughs> it's much more about lovemaking uh, than anything else. And oftentimes people associate Tantra also to uh, prolonged arousal or prolonged uh, orgasms. What's the connection there?
1: That's exactly how the tantric principles of sacred sexuality are about. They're about the slow, intentional, meaningful, purposeful connection of sacred sexuality, which includes sensuality, which includes energy play, which includes a kinky twist, which includes a combination thereof.
0: What's the kinky twist you're talking about, Victoria?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So a kinky combination can be that I may tell you to sit in the chair, and whatever I do to you, you're not going to move out of that chair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Submissive and the adding, dominant. <laughs> we're adding that slight little kinky element.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it can be practiced with any, you know, in any form, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you're doing it with that purpose
1: in mind. Well, again, defining what the word kink means in my world. It means that <laughs> I'm going to do what we do usually in a creative, fun way.
0: Yes, kink is creative and fun. It doesn't have to be way out there. Like you just described, something that most people might not see as kinky, right? You, I want you in a chair. Or you lie down. I'm going to decide what I'm going to do to you. Is in fact a form of um, BDSM play. Mhm. It's BDSM light, but that's okay. That's where people sometimes can uh, can certainly start. We're speaking with Victoria Kalenteris, she of uh, PlayfulLoving.com. By the way, if you want to check out her interesting website, she's a holistic intimacy and relationship specialist, often has workshops and is uh, has a three-day weekend workshop coming up for couples, which couples can join virtually November six, 7 8th, or November 13th, 14th, 15th. And a couple that I referred to to. Uh, go there to to take it, asked me if they had to be naked on screen. I said, no, (laughs) I hope I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, This is all
1: PG. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Um, The homework assignments, that's in the privacy of your own space.
0: Right. That, that isn't, that doesn't have to be uh, PG. Uh, (laughs) No, not at
1: all. (laughs) So
0: there's a lot of things that people uh, can learn and, Especially in, in these days now, like I'm seeing a lot of couples struggling, um, just be, you know, under the, the, the pressures of, of the pandemic and all kinds of other stresses that we're losing some, some people, even though they're spending a lot of time together are losing their connection to each other. I'm finding, I don't know if you're finding the same
1: thing. I'm finding the same thing. They've lost sense of where they are and how they relate to each other.
0: Right. It's interesting. I had a conversation with a couple today and they're like, we're together all the time. We're, we're living in like a, a one room, place. we're together all the time, but we're not together. It's like, we don't, you know, we haven't really been really together, like focusing on each other, really connecting. So it goes to show you that you can be in the same space with someone in close quarters and, and still not be connected at all to that person
1: in mind that there's a lot of different emotions that are bubbling to the surface that are causing the disconnection so intimacy to me means as you know is intimacy see mm-hmm. so knowing yourself first and foremost and then being able to have an open vulnerable conversation you know this is what I'm feeling or this is what I'm going through um, and have that repartee as I say that I can be vulnerable with you is a difficult and challenging. Um, situation Mm. at this
0: time yeah i'm sure a lot of people are dealing with this we're speaking with victoria calentaris of playfulloving.com tantra 101 how we can uh, use this in our everyday life how we use it to deepen our connections
1: From the pleasure and the
0: politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak. You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Before we uh, talk about uh, bedroom boredom, let me tell you, share this stupid sex story of the day. Man dated cockroach called Lisa for a year and said she was hotter than any girl. I kid you not, this 25-year-old from Japan... Uh, confessed he dated a cockroach called lisa and he became obsessed about having sex with her he called the bug his first love and said though the relationship was platonic he fantasized about bedding her either with himself insect sized or with lisa being human sized He also said that no human girl was as hot as Lisa and that they were 100% serious about each other. Hmm, I wonder what's going through the cockroach's mind at this moment. But events took an even more creepy turn when Lisa died and Yuma, that's his name, ate her. Yuma is an entomophagist, which means he advocates and practices eating insects as an alternative to meat, For environmental reasons, he is well-known for organizing bug-eating contests in his native Japan. In an interview, he said he bought Lisa as an African farm-reared cockroach and that he believed they could communicate with each other. He also said that as as an entomophagist, it was only natural he ate her once she died. He said, I did it with reverence. The day she passed away was difficult, but I knew it had to come since she was a cockroach with a short lifespan. So now Lisa lives in my heart and continues living as part of my body. How weird and creepy does that sound to you? (laughs) All right, let's get on to more serious things, huh? Let's talk about bedroom boredom with Victoria as She uh, has a website called playfulloving.com. She holds regular workshops and one is happening in November, uh, the weekend of November 6th and the weekend of November 13th. They're three-day workshops for couples to learn some basics of, of tantric sex, but also using tantra, the principles of it to enhance... People's intimacy and connection and sensuality. So, moving more towards a sensual, connective, intimate type of relationship rather than just working on the sexuality part. But there are still a lot of couples who um in long term relationships let's say can experience some a bit of boredom in in the bedroom not saying that it's their sex isn't good cuz many couples will say they can still have good sex and have good orgasms but they want to spice things up a little bit they want to do a little uh, something a little bit different so I know um Victoria you talk about this you talk about bedroom boredom what are some of the things you advise your clients and your workshop attendees, and, and how do
1: you deal with this? So one of my recommendations is that they decide that one evening, one person was, is going to be unconditionally giving, mm. and the other person will be unconditionally receiving. And what are they giving and receiving is the question. So the assignment may be something like, you are going to give your partner a bath, You are going to prepare the bath. You are going to light candles. You're going to put music in the background. You're going to put the favorite scent in the Epsom salt bath. You will prepare the floor next to the bath in a comfortable way or have a little stool for the person who will be giving the person the bath. Mm -hmm. So the person who is having the bath is now receiving fully and unconditionally the attention, the care, the quality time, the act of service that is desired to create a deeper connection.
0: Okay.
1: You have that full presence. So my mind is clear and it's here in the now. And I'm embodying a connection through this act of service. And I'm creating this beautiful energetic connection. Once again, bringing it back to Tantra. Hmm.
0: Do, do you get couples who um, are feel very awkward uh, at first doing this kind of thing or, or giggle or think it's funny or what have you or are uncomfortable with it?
1: Um, I get a mixed bag of responses Mm -hmm. um but the most interesting one is always the giggle and looking forward to receiving this like fully acknowledged and appreciated attention
0: right uh and and being able to give to receive and give at the same time without having to give back like in in the moment it can also be a really nice and freeing experience
1: Yes, completely. There is nothing that I'm looking forward to obtaining as a goal. Because when I'm teaching, we remove the word goal out of your vocabulary, mm-hmm. re- remove the word expectation out of your vocabulary. They do not apply in interpersonal relationships. They're great in the corporate world, but not <laughs> human to human.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. So there's one exercise. So really, uh, let me just get what you're saying here. So People are, are somewhat bored. One thing they can do now, starting right now, is tell each other, okay, one, one day in the week I'm going to take care of you. Can they ask the person what are the kinds of things that they like or that they would like, or does the person who's in charge or is giving decides what they give?
1: So The person who's going to receive is the one that has to have everything set in motion for them. So I want my favorite music, I want my favorite scent in my essential oil bath, Mm -hmm. I want my favorite candles lit in the appropriate dim fashion, I I want the temperature to be nice and warm for me. I also want you to put the towels that you're going to dry me with in the dryer so when it's time for me to come (laughs) out of the bath, they're going to be nice and warm.
0: Spoiling! Okay.
1: That's,
0: that's how I like my bath. Right. I. I yeah. If I, I wish that dryer was in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Uh, so that is, and that's something that's rather simple. I mean, you don't have to go, I suppose, as elaborate maybe as, as that. You could, and it's not really a, such a big deal when you really think about it. But being... Like just being at the service of your partner and then knowing that the next time it's your turn and you will get the royal... It's like the royal treatment is really what you're saying. Give your partner the royal
1: treatment. I'm going to also add one more ingredient and that ingredient is to make eye contact. Throughout? Throughout with the exception of when I'm working on your back. So keeping in mind if I'm extending the arm out and holding the hand and I'm using the sponge to apply the spongy, beautiful, sudsy, soapy water. And then I'm going to take my little cup, Japanese style, and I'm going to pour it over your body to clean off that sudsy water. I'm going to be doing it with slow, deliberate intention while I'm looking at you or I'm speaking to you about something that I see within you or that I see physically about you.
0: Okay, I think that's a very important element because, yes, you can give somebody a bath and make it functional, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about deeper connection, always keeping that in mind. How do I keep that connection with my partner and be present? And looking at each other is is a surefire way to maintain that presence, right? Yes
1: completely and fully. What do we want more than anything in the world? Connection. We want to connect. <laughs> yes. We want to connect through our heart.
0: Well, that's a, a basic human need. When you think about it, we mm. are born that way as humans and animals too, mind you, but the the bonding is the most important thing. And it's what drives us to be in relationships is that need to have that bond albeit some people are afraid of that bond but ultimately it's what we all crave is to have a a connection with another human being so when you're in a relationship and you're not connected it can be one of the loneliest places to be actually even lonelier than if you're alone Uh, and and think about how connected you feel to your partner. We're talking to Victoria Kalenteris uh, from PlayfulLoving.com. She's a holistic intimacy and relationship specialist, specializes in tantric, um, sexuality and sensuality. And we're learning a whole lot of stuff about this and how to make your bedroom more connected. I don't want to say more exciting. It's not about the, the excitement. It's really about more of the sensual and the connection.
1: On CJAD 800
0: tonight, uh, with the help of Victoria Calentaris we are helping couples get more connection in their lives. Now, obviously, we in the relationship, we're just scratching the surface. Uh, Victoria holds three-day workshops for couples, and she's now doing them virtually, so anybody from anywhere can uh, can join in. Obviously, we're just looking at two uh, elements, uh, not all of them, but it uh, mm-hmm. gives you a little uh, aperçu into uh, what you could learn uh, more of. So we talked a little bit about bedroom boredom. We talked a little bit about the basics of, uh, of Tantra and how they can be applied to uh, everyday life. I love the melting hugs uh, technique. I think it's, it's something great that everybody can do. And I have a, a text who says he looked it up on YouTube so you can actually see how it's done. Uh, which is uh, is something great about connecting. We talked about making sure you have eye contact, and sensuality as being something that is uh, separate from sex, which is sometimes more goal-directed. This is more about being in present, the here and now, and we like to call it uh, mindful sex. It's another uh, another term for it is to be really mindful, meaning you're you're present. Uh, That's part of connection. We talked about how difficult it is these days for many couples, even living under in in closed quarters together all the time, working from home, but actually feeling more disconnected than they've ever felt. So we need to work and make sure we put this on the radar. And that's why I wanted to really talk about it because it needs to be on the radar so that we don't lose that connection and then start to fall apart um, as a couple. Victoria, one of the other things I know we've talked about this in the past, and it's a it, it's a topic that uh, I think it's really really mm-hmm. important. And we've talked on the show a lot about how to be compassionate and how important compassion is. But you teach couples as well how to have compassion compassionate communication. So maybe let's t- let's spend a few minutes here on uh, some. Tips on what does it mean to have compassionate communication?
1: Yes, this is um, a very important component in any relationship, whether it's your intimate relationship or any relationship in your world. And compassionate communication is about opening your heart and listening instead of getting ready to fix something or getting ready to um, give advice or getting ready to, you know, put more logs on the fire and create more intensity. So it's about being open to what is being said with a blank mind and just listening and being an active reflector back of what you hear so the person does not feel alone Mm -hmm. in what they're sharing with you, that they know that they're being heard and that they're being acknowledged. That is the important component.
0: And, of course, in this day and age, we need more of that compassion more than anything, which is of judgment, sitting in judgment of others, which we've, of course, talked about this program as well. Um, any? Uh, do you have any little tips or tricks that uh, people can do, techniques, uh, something people can walk away with to have more of a compassionate conversation?
1: Uh, the first technique uh, and the first thought is to create an invitation to what you want to share. So I'm not going to come running at you and go, I need to tell you something right now. It's really important I can tell you something right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready. And I'm not ready. Your partner's not ready for it. I need to be able to take accountability and responsibility for what I want to share. So I'm going to say something like, I have something that I'm thinking about, and I know that your insight is very valuable from your point of view and perspective. I have been mulling this over, and it's, like, really eating me up inside. When do you have some time for me in the next day or so that we can sit down for about an hour to an hour and a half or two hours to allow me to share this with you? Mm-hmm giving me the opportunity to choose how i'm going to interact with you and be prepared and give me that time and space to get ready to settle into what is going to be coming
0: that's a that's a good skill actually for just a, as a general skill when you want to sit talk and have an important discussion with your partner and you want them to pay attention make sure that they are in that space of readiness to pay attention it's not while they're doing something and you walk in and say hey uh, can we talk you know and then the other person might feel bad and but they don't have they're not there fully so I think um, carving out space and being able to say okay now you have my full attention let's do it at this time when I won't be distracted which is something that uh, couples can practice because that's that's really important if you really want to be heard.
1: Yes, and another important um, note that I use as a tool in my work is I use the love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, and I leverage them to help me understand and share with you how you function. So if you're a quality time person and you're a physical touch person, that means that when we have this conversation – That I need to have your undivided focus attention and I need to be sitting close to you in close proximity, whether I'm like looking at you or you're holding me in a hug while I'm sharing something or we're in close proximity sitting next to each other. So I need to have that in place Mm -hmm. to make me feel even more comfortable to open and talk.
0: So it's about feeling safe, making your partner feel safe. I, I'm glad you brought up the love languages thing because uh, it's something that uh, there's the test online and anybody can take it. Of course, you can find out what your love language is, meaning how you express your love for someone. For some people, it's through affection. through some people, it's through acts of service or quality time. But more importantly than knowing your own lo- love language, your partner needs to know it because they need to respond to you in your language, not in their language. And I think that's, um, a piece that's often, that often goes missing is, uh, it's not just about me and what, what, how I express my love and that's how how you should take it. It's, I have to pay attention to how you express your love and what you need to feel loved.
1: Exactly. And if I know how you work and the love languages are keys to the way you function and express and process then I will be able to connect with you in a much deeper level.
0: Right. Yeah, there's a lot of things to learn about relationships, for sure. If anybody's interested, the Love Languages is a, a good starting point and a, a good book. Of course, there's a whole lot of people who write really great stuff on, uh, on relationships, but you can also just take a workshop for a couple of days. So, Victoria, just tell us a little bit about the workshop and how people can, uh, mm-hmm. can join in.
1: Workshop's going to be running Friday evening, starting from 6 to 8.30, and then I give you a homework assignment, so it's all about, you know, finding out who you are personally and then what you are together as a couple, Mm -hmm. and we will be leveraging the love languages, Okay. and then we're going to be going into Saturday where you get to share your observations from your homework assignment, and we're going to now dive into the pathways of intimacy, like really, like, taking a really close look with a magnifying glass on what is sensuality for you, what is sexuality for you, what is er energy play, what is the um, kinky creative side of things, and then finding out what your particular erotic style is and how that works together with each other, Mm -hmm. along with, again, homework assignments for the evening. And then we come back the next day and then we do some more connective exercises. We do cover the compassionate communication model and dive into that so we have better language and better understanding of how to actively listen. And then we finish off the afternoon with a beautiful ritual of connection, a tantric ritual where you adore and you give unconditionally to your partner while your partner receives your honoring Mm. of a variety of different things that are on the altar. For example, a candle brought from my warmth of heart to your warmth of heart.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds uh, relaxing in some ways. (laughs) Now, are people doing this? This is virtual. So is it uh, a group format, lots of different couples? or
1: I only limit it to four couples per program because Mm -hmm. I think it's really important in my work that I be able to hear, listen, and support and guide you fully and completely. So I always have small groups.
0: Okay, great. Uh, Well, if anybody is interested, playful, loving... .com is where people can uh, can get information. Victoria is always a pleasure talking to you. You're always so thorough and you explain things so well that we uh, we really appreciate your input. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh again, playfulloving.com if you uh, want to look that up Uh, thank you all for spending your time uh, with us tonight if you want to get a copy of this podcast you can by going to my website drlaurie.com or you can find it on the iHeart app on the CJD page as well Uh, thank you to Nicole Proano our uh, technical producer tonight and again thank you for being with us tonight Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.